you know you're dealing with a superstar when they just need one name to describe them. Hmm. This one is definitely a humble giant. He is from the coastal side of Kenya. His range, his musical range, his intellect, it surpasses every single border or region you can think of. I'm talking about the father, the teacher, the philosopher, the prison worship leader, the musician, the songwriter, the multi-instrumentalist. This is Webby. Okay, welcome to Unlock Your Soul with Antonio Soul. My name is Antonio Soul and today I'm with one of Kenya's finest male musicians. He's a family guy. He is a great performer. He's a singer-songwriter. He's a church guy. So I, I, we're going to understand a lot of these things. This church guy with like commercial hits. How how this connection <laughs> happened is one and only Webby. Auntie. What's up? How are you, Webby? I'm good, man. It's good to be here. You know, Webby, I was listening to some of your music. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, Webby, what tribe are you? Where are you from? I'm Taita. So now, so I'm Kenyan. So I was actually <laughs> listening to the music and I thought, are you Burundi for um, for a moment? Because I was listening to one of your songs in, uh, Lu- Lu- in the Lukundo, Lukundo album. album. Yeah. And I was like, ai apana, ii ni kama mimbia. It sounded very... You know, the language is very... It's Bantu, so it's, yeah. it's very similar to Kinyarwanda. Yeah, that's Kirundi. a thing. For a moment, I was like, yeah. it's been a lie all my life. Because <laughs> we say Lukundo, the Rwandans say Rukundo, I believe. Oh, wow. And I think even the, the Burundis, Burundians have, say that. Have yeah. you, do you have any Burundian fans just because of... Maybe. Possibly. Possibly. Possibly, I do, yeah. Because the similarities in the language would probably bring me across that. That's that actually that's actually very yeah, possible. So, yeah. I mean, my first interaction with you mm. was what I thought was four years ago. was actually <laughs> eight years ago. It was. Guy. It's been a while. Time flies pretty yeah, quick when you're having fun, I yeah, think. <laughs> my goodness. It's quite interesting. When yeah. you won um, the Kenya Airtel Trace music star. Yeah. And it came with like a huge amount of money. Yeah. And I think everyone was trying to like count your coins. Oh, yeah. How are you going to spend your money? Yeah. Are you gonna? Da, da, da? I mean, it was a very just weird time, but for me, it was interesting to see a Kenyan right. and especially someone who I consider sort of doing the same kind of music that I do in terms of R and B. Yeah, um, standing out and win that competition. Right. Looking back, mm-hmm. would you have? Because a lot of times people do competitions and then they wish, I wish I never did this nonsense. Right. <laughs> do you regret uh, being a part of that competition? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I think it was one of the most. Um, amazing learning experiences mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was the first big local win that I had. Yeah. Um, the first win that I had was an international one, which was in 2008, so farther back. Mm-hmm. So to win something right in the home ground yeah. that came with the trappings of everything that it came with, but also yeah. all of the expense uh, experiences, not expenses, but experiences that it came with, yeah. that was a, that was amazing. Yeah. So I have no regrets because yeah. it, 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 it added value to me, to yeah. put it simply. But for your win yeah. for me felt like a validation of the hard work that you've put in, even coming from a family where you guys are quite musical. Right. So 
I've heard that about you. You come from a musical family. Uh, I, I felt like the win because uh, I'd seen you in the scene, you know, performing the likes of Akina Temi, Chris right. yeah. So I really felt it was like a validation of when you work hard, good things happen for you. And not all the time, but yeah. that was like a good, you know, I'm, I'm getting something. So, but but then you've done a lot. Like, I mean, you've been, you've you've done this <laughs> since you were a kid Pretty with, much. with your family. Yeah. Paint a picture of how that looks like growing up. Well, the first time I picked up an instrument was uh, 29 years ago. Mm-hmm. So Way. that that because I started pretty young. Yeah. So I was Not 10 years guitar? old. Yeah, uh-huh, a guitar. Nice. And my first influence was my mom because mm-hmm. she she plays. She doesn't play as much these days, but yeah. she was an avid player. Wow. And being in the house with someone who plays an instrument, it sort of rubs off on yeah. you. Yeah. And so I asked her to teach me how to play, and mm-hmm. that's where it began for me. I began my love for music at the moment I picked up a guitar, started mm-hmm. learning some chords. Mm-hmm got interested in the idea behind songwriting i yeah. really love the idea of writing a song that moves emotions that yeah. communicates a message that's yeah. creative yeah. and i got that from her yeah. and yes my my family is very musical in fact one of the things that i also do right now is i work for a music school that is owned by my aunt so mm-hmm. i work in a family business mm-hmm. what's the name is it is it's that... called joy music and creative arts joy music and creative arts yeah. hey, plug in your family yeah, absolutely bring your children right and, yeah. and my specialty is elementary music music education for kids between the ages of 3 and 6 years old. Wow. And so music has been in my family and continues to be in my family mm-hmm. and it has been a strong influence for myself and many others of yeah. my family members yeah. including even my kids now. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 what that looks like growing up and coming to this moment is it's sort of formed or influenced a lot of the decisions about how i wanted to live my life mm-hmm. um i mean very early on i already knew i wanted to spend my life making music mm-hmm. i mean if i'd never do anything else i must at least do music yeah. and if i get the op- opportunity to choose then music is my first music choice is, yeah, before everything yeah, else yeah. and so i mean even joining that back with what you were saying about the validation with yeah. winning a big competition yeah it kind of was and another thing that i picked up about that is you know in time even the bible says time mm-hmm. and chance happened to every person exactly. time and chance happened to me yes. and there have been many other incidences or experiences along the way that have been time and chance yeah. that are a validation that i mean if you believe in something and you stick with it mm-hmm. it does eventually pay off mm-hmm. and it also comes as a full package it yeah. has its great sides and it yeah. has its painful sides yes. and all of those serve to just form the character of who you become mm-hmm, eventually mm-hmm. so that's been in a nutshell yeah what my experience has been over the last 29 odd years wow and <laughs> yeah. and your and your family your kids have they sort of taken up the mantle i mean do they love music um and and how is it working you working with kids yeah. and just you know be, being able to convince for example parents like <laughs> your kid could be a musician i mean this is okay don't right. bring them here right. as a way of passing off time yeah. but they could be something great so yeah. th- what lessons are you imp- imparting on your kids yeah. and do you think they will take over as the next you know little webbies <laughs> Well, working with kids is a very interesting experience because you get to see the world through their perspective mm-hmm. and their perspective is very open canvas if yeah. I may, if yeah. I can call it that. Yeah. And 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 I think from the educator's perspective, you know, we have a a curriculum that we've developed 
you know, that is catered to raising young musicians. Mm -hmm. And for many parents who are our clients, they already see the value because they can see how that affects positively Mm -hmm. their learning experiences, Mm -hmm. how it adds balance to them learning in school, you know, textbooks and whatnot, but also having creative expression. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's something I'm really passionate about because... I learned as a child, so I know the value of what it means to start a journey like that early. And with my kids, it's the same thing. However, one of the things that I decided to do as a parent is not to be overbearing. Mm -hmm. You're like saying, I'm a musician, you You must be be a musician. musician. You know? You didn't do your piano classes this week. Like you, you, military and whatnot. I actually just... My, my my mine and my wife's parenting approach is yeah. to expose them mm-hmm. so i get them to see the inside of my world when i'm yeah. writing a song in fact every time i'm writing a song and i'm recording i get them to be the ones to listen to mm-hmm. it first and ask them what they think yeah so they don't just hear music and appreciate it from a sonic perspective yeah. they also think critically mm-hmm. oh that's nice i like that ad lib oh, yeah this music instrument sounds really good mm-hmm. why don't you add this so we have conversations wow. like that wow but they also have other interests that we make room for. Mm-hmm. So like my oldest is also a fine artist. So yeah. she paints, she draws, wow. she makes. And, and I'm not talking, you know, those caricatures that yeah. look weird and you just say, Not the ones oh. of, you know how a parent will love what their child is doing. <laughs> yeah. My child is an artist. Then when yeah. you show me, I'm like, I'm like, um, where's the head? Where are the my eyes? My child is an, uh, I don't no. think about the teeth, but they, yeah. uh, all yeah. right. That's why I use the word fine artist. <laughs> She's a fine artist. And how old yeah. is she? She's 10 this year. Wow. So her and her sister have two girls I'm a yeah. granddad yeah. they both express themselves creatively mm-hmm. and they explore all of the possibilities and they are allowed to pick out what is interesting for them and yeah. we make sure they get the opportunity yeah. to do it do you feel like you bring up these kids based on your upbringing of like you do you yeah. or is this also your exposure to the world and like me I'll raise my kids yeah. the way we will raise our kids we have no formula yeah. how, how did this come about it's a bit of both actually yeah. my growing up you know I'm one of the kids I'd say who was fortunate to have been given the opportunity to choose not everybody says that for some mm-hmm. for some people you'll hear their growing up stories where they were told Lazima exactly. in, in African yeah. homes yeah either a doctor engineer yeah. lawyer or a failure pick <laughs> So everything else... And failure is, is the other categories. Right? <laughs> the guys were not given much of an opportunity to decide, you know, I, I think I want to be a, a hairstylist yeah. or I want to be a fine artist yeah. you know, or I want to be a DJ. In yeah. fact, when we were growing up, yeah. those are the things you pick as hobbies, not mm-hmm. as careers. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was exposed to the opportunity of hey, there's this, or because my family appreciates music, exactly. it was already one of the options on the table. Yeah, and, and contrasting that with people I've met over the years and their growing up experiences, it makes me appreciate what that was, mm. but also to be an advocate for, hey, let kids be kids yep. and let them grow up and be who yeah. they're meant to be. Because yeah. another very important thing is yeah. every child who comes into this world has come for their own purpose. Exactly. You're just a custodian. And also you yeah. were the avenue for them to come here. They didn't ask to be born. Yeah. <laughs> so you really have to be careful with yeah. these kids yeah. because the danger with trying to turn them into a little version yeah. of yourself is yeah. you also pass on your dysfunctions mm-hmm. and your brokenness mm-hmm. so they inherit a lot of the fights that didn't even start with them and that have nothing to do with them exactly. and they're at a disadvantage because now they have to shake that off before they finally discover who they really yeah, are yeah. and become what they are meant to be how do you wanna... get to this place of realization wow. I mean you're not like you're not like, you're not an old dad you're a young dad <laughs> yeah. you and your wife yeah. and you're young people yeah. so how do you get to a place where you sit down and you decide now yeah. this is how we're going to raise our kids right. or babe you know me yeah. I went through this <laughs> you went through yeah. how, how, how do you get to this place 
Well, a lot of it is allowing room for self-awareness. Mm. You know, we recognize that every person is coming from somewhere. We all mm-hmm. have our backgrounds mm-hmm. and our backgrounds present us with a mix of two things. Yeah. You know, all of the great experiences yeah. and some of the difficult ones. Mm-hmm. And then again, in a marriage setting, like in my case, yeah. these are two different backgrounds. Yeah. And some of the challenges that we experience, because marriage also has its difficulties, mm-hmm. a lot of that is founded on what your belief systems are, who you are, what yeah. you think about the world, what you think yeah. about money, so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah. And so we both had to come to a place where we sort of asked, asked and answered the question, what kind of family do we want? Mm-hmm. And also, what does that mean for how we're going to raise our kids and mm. who do we believe they can be? Wow. And what does it mean for us investing in them becoming that way? Yeah. And of course, it's not something that, you know, we can pride ourselves in and say we're just such great thinkers. And exactly, we can yeah. To be honest, we fumbled a lot. Mm-hmm. We fumbled a lot and also becoming self-aware of who we are and why we are the way we are and why we do the things that we do and weighing that honestly, objectively and being able to have conversations about it has helped Mm -hmm. us realize, oh, okay, so this is why I do the things I do and this Uh is why I think the way I think. So this is also why I believe what I believe. What is an alternative perspective to this? If I'm raising a child, you know, what do I really want them to believe or what kind of foundation do I want to put in place Mm -hmm. for them to even form their their belief system? Yeah. We can only give them the training they need to be functional in a, in, in a world, the world yeah. that, we, that they're going to function in exactly. eventually. Yeah. But we, we want to make sure that they have a strong enough foundation for them to also find their path, not yeah. give them a fight they have to win first exactly. before they discover mm. identity. And, and, and then and you're the fight. Exactly. So these kids have to grow up saying, I don't want nothing to do with my father because yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy would maybe go through. Yeah. So while you're here creating... Yeah trying to mold our world for them but you're busy being you're a Trojan horse you're the one who's bringing problems in their lives does religion or spirituality play a huge role in terms of how you want these kids to end up and in terms of how you bring them up Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian. I am, well, there's these denominations and whatnot, and people yeah. say I'm either Catholic or not. Yeah, or Pentecostal. Or I'm I, but I never, okay, I never get yeah. those things. Sidri, are you Pentecostal or Baptist? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? I'm a me, I don't know which yeah. one I am. <laughs> I'm then I'm like, believer. do you speak in tongues? Or I'm like, I don't know <laughs> which one. Me, I go to church. Right. Yeah. I'm a believer. I love Jesus. And uh, spirituality and being a believer has definitely played a huge role, an influencing mm-hmm. role in how I raise my kids. Because first of all, I was raised in a Christian family myself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my belief system, the foundation of that was laid on by my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, I say my mom because my, my father wasn't in the picture. Okay. And and that's a story for another day. For another day. day. But, but... I think one of the most amazing things to discover out of spirituality and how that applies practically in everyday life is, you know, in Proverbs it says, you know, 18 verse 21, by the way, Proverbs 18 verse 21, I believe, you know, train up a child in the way they should go. When they are old Mm -hmm. enough, they will not depart from it. So that that becomes the starting point of, okay, so what does training up a child really look like? Look like, yeah. You know, how was I raised? Mm -hmm. And the world that I was raised in, do those lessons apply in the world that I'm raising my kids in Mm -hmm. today? What Mm -hmm. changes do we need to make? Mm And what does that look like in terms of the intersection between their practical experience and their spiritual experience? Mm-hmm. My desire is that, of course, they continue with the legacy of, you know, Christian faith, right? Yeah, yeah. But if they should decide to have a different pursuit, yeah. let it not be because there was a gaping hole. Mm. Let it be because they have a conviction in them yeah. that allows them to make an informed decision. Exactly, yeah. So that the conviction stands yeah. against every other influence. Yeah. Well, that's powerful. Right? Yeah. So... 
as a believer, it's what was what was also God's prescription of how our children supposed to be raised. Because remember, I said we are just custodians mm-hmm, of these people, mm-hmm. right? Every child that comes into the earth is coming to fulfill a purpose. Yeah. Whose purpose? God's purpose. Mm-hmm. So, what is my role? Yeah. My role is to partner with God to help them become everything they are meant to be. Wow, I like that. So, what's God's idea behind parenting? Yeah, you know, it's to love them. It's to be there for them. Again, you know, Himself, God Himself has set uh, um, sort of like a template for how He treats us. You yeah. Know? provides for mm-hmm. us he cares for us mm-hmm. he heals us he hears our prayers mm-hmm. he's available now of course we're not gods but the principles that stand in how he parents his yeah. children yeah. in in the world yeah. is what we borrow from mm-hmm. you know so teaching them love teaching them inclusivity teaching them sense yeah. because again faith is not the substitute of practical wisdom and personal responsibility exactly. what does that look like in in the context of faith and mm-hmm. what so in a, in summary with all those words yeah. that's that's essentially how faith influences my parenting approach mm-hmm. and many others who believe the things i believe as well i love well. that you yeah. said partnering with god because i mean yeah. i've i've never had anyone say that i partner with <laughs> I'm like that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know you said there's a story for another day, but yeah. I just feel like the audience will be like, I'll be a miss if I don't do it. Yeah, so, it's alright. Uh, it, uh, there's the issue of when you talk about your father and right. saying that you know he wasn't the picture. Yeah. I mean, explain to us why mm. he wasn't in the picture. Right. But then also, how are you able to father mm. when you don't have a father to look up to and say right. this is the way that I was told mm-hmm. that things should go? Does it sometimes? You know, do you look back and just feel like some form of sort of like, oh, now I'm in this scenario and yeah. I don't know how this is supposed to be done. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. Um, and yes, it's okay to talk about that because I mean it's part of my story and I cannot yeah. really become, I cannot divide it and cut it yeah, out. Yeah. My parents divorced when I was six years old, so about the age of my youngest child wow. right now, which is interesting yeah. to see yeah. that full circle. Right? Yeah. And it was unfortunate because um, their marriage didn't work because they they also did they didn't know what they were doing, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of cause correction that needed to happen in their space that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So it and it ended up being the demise of the marriage. Mm-hmm. That's how they got there mm-hmm. in summary. Mm-hmm. But my mom and and of course. Shout out to mothers, by the way. Hey, moms. You, you guys, like, I don't think there is any award on this earth that is enough exactly. to appreciate mothers yeah. who stick with it, mm-hmm. you know, especially mm-hmm. for mothers who have multiple children yeah. and then now they find themselves in a single parent situation yeah. and they stick it out because that's hard. Yep. That's really hard. Yep. And I'm appreciating that. I now mean, even the adults, the human beings, they could be like me, I'll give yeah. back to you. Yeah. Bye. I've yeah. left you the show. show. You journey, you yeah. live your life now. In most cases, they stick with it. They're yeah. the ones who become the backbone. They're the ones who end up becoming the quote-unquote mother and father. Like mother and dad, yeah. yeah. Which is what happened in my case. Yeah. You know, after the divorce, you know, we even moved across counties. Uh, we went to live in Mombasa for a good part of our growing up. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't in the picture because his life was here and he stayed here and he moved on. Wow. And the, the effect of that was a gaping hole where a father figure should have been. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that I didn't know about what it looks like to have yeah. a present father in the house. Yeah. And what a man is supposed to be because now as a as a guy that would be my role model. That's yeah. my first point of reference. Yeah. But what I'm grateful for is I had uncles. I had uncles who were sturdy, they were strong, they had families and they were with their families. And they were all sort of part of the community that raised us. My granddad as well, who was mm-hmm. so much like a father to me than my grandfather mm-hmm. and my siblings as mm-hmm. well. And what that painted a picture of 
was what it looks like to have men stand up and mm-hmm. step into their role and, and be do counted. Their best. Yeah. And also be honest about the the, the humanity, the, yeah. the, the limitations of their humanity, yeah. the mistakes they made. They tell stories. My granddad was one of my best friends. He's he's gone to be with God now, mm. but he was very honest about some of the struggles he experienced, some of the challenges he experienced. He raised nine kids. Wow, so my guy, he has yeah. a whole book, yeah, has a whole right? book. And, and, and in those days, and in without those days, any social media, without any yeah. agency, you're on your own. Exactly, and yeah. also working in different places within the country, mm-hmm. and you know, sort of providing for a, for a large family, yeah. and, and being responsible and putting in the work. Yeah, and and what that gave me an idea of was what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Of course, it doesn't answer every question. It yeah. just gives me a starting point. Yeah. So the older I got, I now started to ask the questions that were, of course, relevant to the maturity level mm-hmm. I was at. Mm-hmm. I sat down with my father for the first time when I was 22. That's wow. a good number of years now. Yeah. Um, and we tried to work things out. But admittedly, I went there very angry, very charged. Yeah. Self-esteem issues. There yeah. was a whole growing up. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm going to war. Yeah. WWE, I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> I'm about to undertake a yeah. guy here. And it felt, <laughs> and it fell apart very very badly mm. but then now it led to a whole 12 year gap of us being you know adverse to each other Gosh, you know yeah and then we sat again this time around i made the i made i took the initiative and i i, I extended an olive branch we sat mm-hmm. down in 2018 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we had a, a few months of cordial relationship and yeah. whatnot but then at this point i'm much older and we're able to have a much more civil conversation and try to understand things in retrospect mm-hmm. and i realized that at the point where i'm at and where he's at we both didn't want the same things. Yeah. And he wasn't particularly interested in building a relationship from that as the starting exactly, point. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it fell apart, but it fell apart like, you know, let's just mutually agree. Like to amicably, this. like, you know what? Yeah. You're my dad. He didn't like it. But this is not why. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to make the decision because yeah. I realized that now as an adult and yeah. also raising children, yeah. um, I don't want to create a situation where they go through the same thing. Exactly. I yeah. Within the context of a grandfather. And yeah. Them. Thank you. I, you know, yep. because. Because they, they've now introduced them into his life. Yeah. There's things, th- and they'll say, you didn't protect me. Like, where would you allow me exactly. to be someone who, who's bad-mouthing you? Or yeah. probably there's he's sometimes not interested he's not in interested or the way he speaks around us. Because yeah. remember, you've laid this foundation for your kids yeah. only for you to expose it to someone who you're even trying to understand. Exactly. And, and him, he's being himself. He's precisely. probably bringing like, you know, <laughs> show shows around. And you're like, I don't want my kids to, to see this. You know, I think I think the, the, the place where there was a broken link in the chain is that he he didn't necessarily want to do the hard work of building mm. a relationship with mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. He sort of wanted to start afresh with my kids. Yeah. Which is cute. Yeah. But it is dysfunctional. Exactly. Because in the long run, you can't sustain that. And anything that you don't address shows up again later. Exactly, yeah. And because of the time we're living in, it would have evolved into something far worse. Yeah, far worse. You know, because yeah. now he's not dealing with the child me. Yeah. He's dealing with the grown-up me mm-hmm. and the children that mm-hmm, came from. Mm-hmm. So, if it was a non-negotiable for me, an yeah. irreducible minimum. Yeah. If, if we're not if we're not going to do the work of building a relationship and hopefully starting from somewhere, yeah. and then now allowing that to spill over into the future generation, yeah. Yeah. then I'm I'm sorry that that's not that's not gonna work. It's right? it's, it's funny. It's interesting that because yeah. I, I, you know how you know how granddads and grandmoms treat like kids the, way better. Uh, yeah. So I remember asking, <laughs> grandkids, yeah. I remember asking my mom and my dad, yeah. why are you guys so lenient with my, I've got a nephew and a niece, Leroy right. and Leanne. I'm like, yeah. why are you so lenient with this? Two? Yeah. And they're like, listen, <laughs> you guys were the 
investment. Right. They are the return on investment. Absolutely. So there's no way he can be enjoying <laughs> a return on an investment. But he, he did make. not invest in. Exactly. So it's like, bro. Yeah. Before this, let's first deal with me, because tomorrow right. I'll, I'll see you with my kids, and then I'm just I'm having a bad day because I've right. not seen you. Right. And before I realize, I've lashed out at you. And, right. And it it can even create someone who you're not. But it's funny because when you're the second person I'm interviewing today, and I, <laughs> that I'm having a conversation with today, yeah. and I realize that everything I've been planning to speak with them is yeah. all changed because yeah. there's certain there's certain uh, honesty that comes with just you know opening having and having a conversation, yeah. and I feel like that's very deep because yeah. a lot of times it always feels like we should move on. Right. When our parents or whoever one of them wasn't there, after, yeah. like, we should just move on, yeah. like man up and move on. Yeah. Well, you also see it as a man that I don't want to be in a position where I am also hurting him exactly. by being here, yeah. and I don't want to be here. And yeah. also, he's not ready. I'm not ready, and it's okay. And I'm not understand. saying it's okay for people to be in dysfunctional families, right. but when it's not working, I think yeah, it's, I think it, yeah. I think you owe it to yourself to understand where things are because the fairy tale ending is a bit of a high expectation yeah. uh, to sort of try to live up to. Yeah. It sometimes works and when it does, people are much better for mm -hmm, it because mm -hmm. now they have hindsight, they yeah. have the benefit of every wisdom they've gained from their experiences. Yeah. But the flip side of that is that it doesn't work out. Yep, it, and it really. doesn't work out because people are in different places yeah, in their lives. Yeah, it's a storybook settings, you know? Yeah, no the one real is world, perfect. Nope. Yeah. You know, no one is perfect and no one no one has it together all the time yeah. and it's okay to sort of realize and I think this is where we get to learn how to draw boundaries which is one of the things I've gained as as, as, as wisdom or as, as knowledge to help me navigate through mm -hmm. life where if, if someone is not willing to either you know be part of the solution and define a boundary and, and sort of create the metrics within which we can navigate our relationship mm -hmm. you do that for yourself because you cannot relegate that res responsibility to someone else yeah so i made the decision that you know this this is my bare minimum and these these are the boundaries within which everything is going to happen and yeah. of course it sounds punitive because it's like it's on my terms yeah but the reason why that is the case for me is because growing up i've had to formulate how my life is going mm -hmm, to go mm -hmm. you know and also i've had to sort of try to find replacements to fill the gap and i've yeah. picked a lot of lessons from yeah. all of them yeah and my my thing is, I want a relationship. I don't just want a situationship. I don't want just somebody to be there for the sake of being there. And you know, mm -hmm. even about grandfathers and grandkids, yeah. grandparents and grandkids, yeah. is that, you know, now they are much older. Exactly. So they have come down. They're yeah. not in the hassle of raising they children They can't anymore. chase you and beat you up anymore. No. <laughs> They'll just sit there and watch. They have a very different perspective <laughs> on life yeah. in their legacy years. Yeah. And so they see grandchildren as a second chance mm. at being the best version of themselves yeah. that they could have been when they were younger True but that. didn't have the wherewithal. True that, know? yeah. And so I and I, I understand that because even my grandparents were the same with yeah. me. You know, how how my granddad was with me was not the way he was with his sons, mm -hmm. my uncles, mm -hmm. you know. But those are two different versions of the same person. Exactly. You can't expect exactly. the same. And yeah. this older version would usually be a much more refined, yeah. you know, fine wine sort of you know True individual. Right? Yeah. But Again, it's still the same person that was young once. Mm -hmm. And whatever dysfunctions were never addressed then are still there now. They just wear a different face. Yeah. And those are the things that I didn't want passing on. Because one of the things I've also come to, to, to learn is mm -hmm. every 
every generational dysfunction that get, doesn't get addressed at a certain point, yeah. it evolves and becomes worse in the next generation. Say it, it really again. does. Say it again one more time. Yeah, every generational dysfunction that doesn't get addressed at a certain point, mm-hmm. it evolves when it gets passed on mm-hmm. and it becomes significantly yeah. worse. Yeah. And so now you can imagine how whatever dysfunctions I've had to fight to overcome and I'm still overcoming even mm-hmm. until today, mm-hmm. what would that look like for my kids? Yeah. I'm already dealing with the fight of addressing myself. Exactly. I don't need to have someone else passing on extra exactly like, i can't catch all those flies exactly yeah, you know yeah. and also not in my timing <laughs> like not now i'm trying to raise kids i'm not yeah. going to now again and it's a significantly yeah. harder time we're raising children in a much more complicated world than these the ones we grew phones, up phones these kids have i mean your, your granddad could tell you have could tell you have a connection with them yeah. and you probably don't even know exactly. like they have, probably have a phone yeah the granddad finds a way to like talk to them and yeah. they're feeling like yeah i want to have a relationship with my guka yeah so they're probably even behind your back. Of course. And, and then you're like, this is a 10-year-old. <laughs> How did her and the grandfather decide to conspire? Yeah, yeah. So you see now it brings another issue of like, yeah. oh, you see, no boundaries. Yeah. And before you realize, and then your kids now are blaming you. Yeah, yeah. You want me to have a relationship. And you're thinking, no, I am saving you. Precisely. I am not taking away from you. And a lot so of what, not easy. And a lot of the lessons all. they'll begin to appreciate when they are older. Right now, they're still really They will young. not, yeah. Yeah, but what, the thing that was really important for me to have all of this happen yeah. was also just to resolve the loose ends in my life mm-hmm. you see because you know like you said something a little earlier that was interesting you know man up and whatnot yeah i grew up asking the question of what a man is who yeah. is a man you yeah. know what what yeah. does a man really do when we yeah. say man up what does that what does mean? that mean you know because yeah. in the african context you know and i think even world over it's just different depending depending on culture yeah you know a man is just a functional being you exactly know? You, yeah you know your kids get unconditional love your dog gets unconditional Thank love you. you know other people get unconditional love but a man is but a man knows you're only a man who's providing and yes. providing financially. Yes. You know, a man is just the person who makes sure there's a roof over your head and so mm-hmm. on. Yeah, but mm-hmm. a man is so much more provides. You, you just your job is just you to, to provide ATM, and, provide yeah. whatever, whether it's yeah. it's a provision or money. Yeah. You just bring. And to the best of the ability, rest, no, 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 we're not you know, interested. Alleviate yeah. problems and exactly. pain for everybody. Yeah. But and deal with it. Yeah. Like, stop complaining. Don't yeah. figure, it out. It. figure it out. But you see, the truth of the matter is a man is a human being. Yeah. And, and he has questions and he has gaps and he has insecurities and yeah. he has fears. And yeah. he has a need to be accepted and mm-hmm. he has a need to find his place. Mm-hmm. He has a need to have an identity. Mm-hmm. Those are the conversations that don't get had. Yeah. And so you find a lot of well put together men who are working with very broken souls. Mm-hmm. And they never realize that there's a place where this can be healed. There's a process I can go through. I can be myself. I can yeah. allow myself to break so I can be made back into a version of myself that can actually sustain and navigate mm-hmm. through life. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things that I got into the process of that brought me to the place where now I would be talking with you and saying, I needed to deal with the brokenness of my growing up. Yeah. I needed to resolve the issues of what happened. Your dad was not in your life. What did that look like for you? What happened to mm-hmm. you? What did you struggle with? What were some of the things that ended up becoming that shouldn't have or that shouldn't have become, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, And in my dad's generation, for example, those are not the conversations they're having, nor are they willing to have them because they were also raised by a generation of men mm-hmm. who were all about a particular way and perspective of life, right? Yeah. So to, in their defense, to be honest, to balance the skills, yeah. they also really didn't know what they exactly. were doing. However, what I've come to appreciate is that's never an excuse. We, yeah. we are able to learn. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I've been able to figure out to some degree, so a dad is somebody who loves his kids, yeah, and you're there for them, yeah, and you can be emotionally available. Yeah. Yeah, you're not just yeah. always shouting on yeah. them. You can actually yeah. listen to them. Yeah. You can hear where they're coming from. Yeah. You can speak wisdom into them. You can speak truth to them in love. Mm-hmm. So that's what a man does. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
you know, those are things that I am learning now and I'm learning from the point of a need I also, mm-hmm. I also had that never mm-hmm. got me. Mm-hmm. Them, they're not willing to have that conversation. Exactly. Because for them it was... And, and also an accountability. Exactly. Because I be, really believe that people know good and bad, yeah. wrong and evil. Yeah. We do. So if, if I decide, for example, <laughs> to scold or, you know, really hurt my child, right. I know what to say to hurt my child. Yeah. Yeah. I know the yeah. I, if they failed in their English last term, yeah. I know exactly the ones to make them feel small. <laughs> Let's not pretend like at yeah. we, I don't know how to raise my kids. It's just nobody comes with a manual, right. but you write it along the way. Right. But there are chapters you know, I don't want this to be a part of it. Yeah. So why are you writing the chapter? Yeah. Why are you making it a part of the story? Right. We, we just know. And the thing with another thing about accountability. Yeah. Because the last time I spoke with Rick Poet, and the thing is, we're having a conversation about how parents don't just want to be don't want to be accountable yeah. to the wrongs they did and yeah. that's why in our generation like us millennials will keep reminding them no yeah you're not gonna go there until you address that thing yeah. and the moment you call them out for it yeah that's why you'll have it a dysfunctional a, yeah. because now now i won't talk to you yeah this, son is, this boy is very rude yeah i've tried to even become his friend and, exactly and you're like no 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 no. you're the, refusing yeah. to listen to that part where i'm telling you yeah i felt hurt by x i felt you did my mom wrong like this exactly now you don't want to own up those things and i'm saying I don't want to move and raise my kids Precisely. with that heaviness. And if I will do that, yeah. then you cannot be in the picture. Yeah. So decide. So even looking at it from the family setting, I'm realizing now, you know, I think, you know, from a society perspective, there's a very huge need, a necessity, if I can say, mm-hmm. um, and, and, a, and a place for families and family members to have honest conversations about, you know, the circumstances of their relationships, yeah. you know, to make amends where things were broken. Like, I find there's so much to gain and so mm-hmm. much value mm-hmm. in people being able to let their guards down yeah. to address things that have been age-old wounds yeah, that yeah. were unresolved yeah. to say hey I'm sorry I really didn't know what I was doing forgive me can we try again wow. you'd be amazed how like for instance with everything that happened in my case mm-hmm. when I sat on with my father both times over the span of 12 years yeah. the only thing I honestly wanted him to say was I'm sorry wow. I didn't care about the fact yeah. that he was physically abusive yeah. or that he was absent or yeah. so on and so forth because yeah. there was a lot that happened there yeah. the only thing that I went there to hear was I'm sorry son yeah. um, and can I can I can I make it right with you can we can we start from here can we start over wow. you know wow. so you can imagine if families would have conversations like that you know fathers mothers because there's yeah. there's also dysfunctional situations where mothers are concerned exactly and you, of course for mothers you don't you don't hear that conversation on the top so much mm-hmm. because mothers are usually the ones who sort of bridge the gap yep and they are the ones who are emotionally present and they yeah. play a role that only they can Those play they can yeah but they're human beings as well mm-hmm. so a lot of the ills that we see in society today a lot of the brokenness or the dysfunction it, it starts in the home mm-hmm. i mean charity begins mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. and also because people are trying to figure out how to do this thing and they're so focused on the struggle of getting it yeah. right that they yeah. forget to leave room for learning mm. and then later on and they realize they made many mistakes instead of acknowledging okay i could have done this better or you know what i should have thought about this or we could have had a conversation about this sooner rather than later yeah. they're like but i provided for you exactly you where were you where is yeah, why? I paid your fees. these things are all things yeah. <laughs> do you know that do you know what i had to go through you exactly. know, from a children's perspective it's, yeah. i never asked for yeah. any of that yeah and i also never asked for the exactly the, the, the branch of all the pain that you had to go through like mm-hmm. it wasn't my fault mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so having this conversation 
questions is really important. And why am I paying emotional dowry price? <laughs> exactly. It's for something I that, did this for you. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you paid this for you. Why am I paying this price? So it's, it's important for there to be spaces available for people yeah. to, to converse. Because the truth of the matter is healing has to happen. If we're going to have um, a different sort of scenario for, for generations going forward, mm-hmm. it, it has to start from the place of healing. It has to start from the place of honesty. And it has to have the, it has to start from the place of belief and faith as well. Yeah. You know, wherever whatever whatever your faith is, yeah. I think all faiths have one thing in common is the belief in good. Yeah. And I think healing is a good thing. Wow. Right? And if 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 healing is a good thing, why not make it a priority mm-hmm. and pursue it mm-hmm. and make it sort of a cornerstone in our family setups? Yeah. I think it answers a lot of some of the things that we're struggling with today, whether it's in government, whether it's in the private sector, whether it's arts and entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether it is in the education sector. Yeah. A lot of the questions that we tend to ask at that macro level sort of begin at a micro level mm. but we're not really addressing the micro situation mm-hmm. and we think which is why we keep having the same problems year yeah. in year out they just evolve over time because of technology and especially and the time <laughs> of corona things were brought up people right. realize at homes they can't stand each other they cannot oh, wow. sit in the same yes. house yes they realize hey this guy has been actually a functioning alcoholic Come yeah. this guy drinks this much imagine like that. my parents actually were divorced they just stay with us here <laughs> because these people cannot these people can, there's no way Yeah, together the pandemic so, but the more i hear that and i, I was about to ask you about your the, you know life as a musician before and after the pandemic yeah, but but that, yeah. but I, I, you're very insightful but you don't do media interviews and that has, that has really bothered me because when i go even online and I, i mean i know you as a friend right but when i go online i'm like hiya yeah, this guy does not he does not talk At he does not give people <laughs> you you're very reserved Yet, even in the spaces that I've seen you, whether yeah. it's in church, or whether yeah. you're on TV, yeah. or whether you know I've seen you on stage, yes. you always have a word to say. You're not like you're not just going through life; like right. you know yeah. your stuff. Yeah. Why is it? Is this from a mental health perspective where you do not put yourself out too much, or why right. do you feel the need to? To, to guard yourself. Oh, there's a couple moving parts there. So let me let me come from the media point of view. Yeah. Um, for a long time, I mean, okay, f- perhaps maybe a good background is I first stepped into the art and entertainment space professionally. 20 years ago today mm-hmm. 20 years ago this year so wow congratulations yeah, thanks my brother it's not a joke it's not it's no small thing so 20 years in this thing has, wow. has given me a front row seat to yeah. so many different experiences yeah. and i've been in i've been in many interviews you know consequently mm-hmm. and i've had very many different conversations but beyond a certain point the, the questions became sort of um repetitive yeah and it, they were limited to a very small section it's very mediocre of, sometimes yeah and also i'm doing this podcast because the idea of people being asati what, what's your favorite color <laughs> i mean i'm like how is that an interview yeah Some, ati, we had you driving a mercedes right i'm like what is that yeah, who, who, are you who cares what is that <laughs> ati, so how do you you and your wife do you yeah. fight what Why do you have to be negative? <laughs> no, Can but, we just but, have a normal conversation? But until I mean to give credit to everyone who has ever spoken to me on an interview. Yeah. yeah. They, they have allowed me to be able to share, you know, tidbits of information that, you know, talk a bit about what I'm doing behind mm-hmm, the scenes mm-hmm. and how I got to where I'm getting yeah. or how I'm, how I got to where I am at those different points. Yeah. 
And it has also given me the opportunity to share my views and my thoughts about different life experiences and topics and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. I've always believed that, you know, media interviews, whether TV, radio or any other way, yeah. is supposed to be an a, a spotlight sort of shine a light into the behind the scenes, but how that how that applies to someone listening to the interview because I think they're supposed to be able to get something out mm-hmm. of maybe gain some insight, mm-hmm. but also see, oh, maybe that's a perspective I can learn to appreciate yeah. because I didn't think about things that way. Or I didn't know that you know this this exists. I've exactly. learned something new, yeah. and also it allows them to see the creative process of what you do that helps them get to be on the other end of you putting out a new song or a yeah. new video and so yeah. on. So we tend to have, and I think this has been my experience with no shade, you know, directed at anybody in this yeah. in, the, in, the, yeah. in the media space. We tend to do interviews really just to fill a slot. Mm-hmm. You know, we're having this artist from this time to this time, so yeah. you know, we kind of need to just ask questions. We just yeah. need to have them on for this. Then, yeah. you know, throw in a song, perform, yeah. and then that's it, and we move on. Yeah. And it becomes a little generic. Yep. And, 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 and the problem with it being generic is... Now the people who are listening are gaining nothing. Yep. So the next time they know you're going to be on an interview, they won't listen because they, know that, they can nothing, anticipate yeah. what you're yeah. going to say because yeah. you're going to be asked the same questions. Yeah. So interestingly, over the last maybe five or so years, there have been very few media interviews that I've been on. Primarily out of choice. It's not even so much about mental health. It's just I would much rather be on an interview or in a space where I'm having a conversation that can be shared with the masses mm-hmm. that has substance. You know, mm-hmm. I have something to say and I feel like I, I have something to contribute mm-hmm. that builds somebody else's life or gives them some kind of value. Yeah. Some kind of value. Yeah. And in every space where I have been, whether that's on stage, whether that's working with kids, whether that's being in church mm-hmm. because I I, I, I I do serve in church. In fact, in church right now I go to Mavuno downtown yeah. um, in Nairobi and, and and one of the things that I do there every single Sunday is I lead the children's worship experience oh, wow. Wow. I mean I've been a music director there I have worked with teams professional musicians now I'm working with kids and that's mm. the other spectrum of everything yeah. I'm always looking for how do I contribute what I have yeah. that can build somebody else's life a child's life in a yeah. way that you know is positive yeah. and also reflects my faith mm-hmm. and reflects what I believe is Christ-like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And 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 the reason why I don't do I haven't done as many interviews really is because I'm looking for spaces where those are the kind of conversations we had. I mean, like for instance, this conversation. Yeah. Right yeah. It's it's really so it's We've uninterrupted. Deep, you know. Yeah. Because that's the thing, and that's why for me I'm doing podcasts because for someone who's done radio. I know yeah. what it means when someone tells you, oh, you guys are going over <laughs> overrunning. I'm like, yeah. how do you overrun It's substance? limited, yeah. How do you overrun content that people want to hear? And so, right. and what happens over time, like you're saying, yeah. audiences shift. Yeah. Because you just feel like, you know what, me, I'll just go to YouTube and I'll go yeah. listen to Andrew Tate. Yeah. So there's nobody <laughs> to, ta- to tame yeah. the Andrew Tate-ness. Yeah. Because I mean, that's all they can see. Yeah. Well, here, the platform or the opportunity for us to hear Absolutely. those kind of stories yeah. are being told, no, 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 we don't have the time. So it's, yeah. it's, it's quite sad. And, and in the same breath about time, yeah. you seem to have a lot of time with kids. And if, the thing when, when you're able to work with kids means kids love you. I feel like kids really, <laughs> you're really good with kids. Well, I think it's Because kids are a lot. Yes, they are. Like they, but... They only a lot when you're watching from outside. Mm. When you're with them, you realize, guy, how has time gone? <laughs> Where am I losing weight? They have made me run. <laughs> yeah, kids, kids, kids are, are beautiful. I think my perspective on kids has shifted because I always believe there are a lot of work and they're complicated. Yeah. There are all these things. But I, I was a kid once. Until Someone you spent eight hours with them and you're like, ah, yeah, I was how, a kid how once. did I do eight hours with these 
these exactly these, these small rascals, eh? the rascals <laughs> they have bribed they have you your cheats <laughs> here's the thing that I've, i think the, the perspective that helps center me i think is one i think i think of myself and i'm like you know i was a kid once and yeah. someone someone invested in me people mm. a whole village you mm. know and, and communities yeah. as it were but what i have really appreciated about spending time with kids is their world view yeah because it's so unadulterated yeah. untainted it's yeah. they have their opinions they have their honesty they yeah. have their they, they have their expression yeah. and they're also vastly different yeah. yeah and being able to see in fact here's another very wonderful thing about them is when i'm teaching them the strongest thing i could ever do is simpl- simplify mm-hmm. any concept mm-hmm. If you can teach whatever concept simply to a child wow. in a way they can understand yeah. then it means you also understand it very yeah, well. Yeah. And the beauty is you get to realize that every person even the adults has a child in mm-hmm. them and there's always something that you can speak to that speaks to that child mm-hmm. in them, you know. I mean, you're a 50-year-old human being and you do the things that you do, yeah. but a lot of those things were founded or put in you or became part of your you know your composite let me put it that yeah. way when you are a child exactly so if let's say for ins- for instance you are an an an, an overachiever you yeah. know maybe it's because as a child you felt you needed to prove yourself exactly. you needed to, yeah. to 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 let others know that you belong yeah. you know i've got something to contribute yeah. and and that never got spoken into mm-hmm. and you carried it over all the development seasons of and, your and life now, and now it's creating yes you're an overachiever yeah. but you're you're not you probably don't work well with teams or with yeah. groups you yeah. you don't take instruction well there's a lot of like, carnage uh, yeah a lot of carnage <laughs> it's just like no i will destroy everything so you right. can, I can be seen yeah. and, or, and, or destroy relationships just so i can be felt like i was number one. Yeah. well now you're learning no no, yeah. no relationships are important precisely yeah. and 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 also just the opportunity to love them in its purest form you know mm. that sincerity they yeah. teach me sincerity hey, they teach my me God. you know and they also test my, my patience yeah. because the thing is they, they are pushing all the boundaries they are discovering a lot they are, they are asking many questions yeah. they're trying to figure out how does this work what exactly. happens when i press over exactly. you know, like, yeah and even just getting to know their personalities and figure out what is the best way each child has a specific yeah. learning style yeah. for instance yeah. Yeah. so you're figuring out what is the learning style of this it's, one it's, you know it's interesting you say that because i have had a scenario <laughs> with kids my yeah. mom has a school right <laughs> My mom tells us to say it's our school, so yeah. we own our school. It's called yeah. Fairville in Donholm. Yeah. So now there's three instances. One, I, when this happened yesterday, wow. so I was, I was told these kids yeah. were in PP1. Yeah. And these PP1 kids are the rascal. These kids are adults. <laughs> right. Hey, they're yeah. like 70 year olds right. in a way. In, in six year old bodies. Guy. So right. now I'm there telling them, hi, hi. Have you, no, they were about to sleep, so I realized I'd messed up because now I just oh, got them and they were about to sleep. Yeah. They're like, hi, they're all of them. And they were then happy, they don't want to sleep. Yeah. They're like, hi. Yeah. I, I, you people, you don't miss me, I've missed you. Yeah. We've missed you. And that became, then one of the kids said, Baba. Uh, <laughs> Everybody, all the just came out. <laughs> I told them, I'm not your father. <laughs> But that's what that that's kid, what yeah that kid called me them, papa yeah. I was yeah. like no 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 I'm not then all of them because mm. they realized now see, I'm uncomfortable yeah. they also said saying baba baba <laughs> I told them go back to sleep <laughs> I am not your father and the baba in you came this, out <laughs> the same class with you and time I'm walking they were having lunch so I have like a puzzle I'm hiding I don't want them to see it because right. if they see they'll now ask for it yeah. but they thought it was food so I was walking close them I'm like you guys why have you not finished eating yeah. then one kid says we we want to eat that so i'm like what, what? you are eating now what you're carrying <laughs> <laughs> 
this is a pp1 kid right. telling me yeah. watch amaswali mingi hiyo yeah. kitu umebeba yeah. what you're carrying Share. is what yeah. we want to eat another time was these kids were going for um they're going to they're going to play they're yeah. going to slide and, yeah. and and some of them were taking too long so some kid called precious as precious precious you finished why are you not sleeping yeah. no we're supposed to go to the slides just said if we finish we go to the slides right. but this have not finished yeah but meant yeah. had given her agency to tell them to finish yeah. so she turned to the other kids yeah. and said the plate was close to the kid yeah. and pushed it close to the to him yeah. finish your food <laughs> finish your food it's like it's like no one has been telling her yeah the reason why you're not going is yeah. because of yeah. this kid yeah. me innocently yeah. i just said but they've not finished and she said oh, oh, oh that's why yeah. Finish your food. You contextualize the situation. But you can but, imagine yeah. for those kids and, and when you land us when I look at back at the scenario. Yeah. No hate. Right. No ill intent. Right. No shade. This you know if it was in a, a place where there's like a context of like older people. Right. You just know there was some shade thrown yeah. there. Yeah. There was some brought up things from behind. Mm. These kids are just doing it in love. Yeah. A kid calling you baba and then the rest decide oh. Yeah. He's making him uncomfortable. Let's Even all call him Baba. <laughs> Just that non-pretentious yeah. thing about kids. Yeah. And it's also very fulfilling. When you see a kid now right. being able to write better yeah. or read better, yeah. and you you feel you've opened up something, a switch. Absolutely. So it's so now on the flip side, yeah. when you don't do that. And that's why people wonder when we have our traumas. Yeah. Because we're like, by the way, there's things that are bugging me or I'm behaving a certain way. Yeah. Because you refuse to turn on that switch. Mm. Instead, you dimmed it or you mm. locked it or mm. you um, or you just allowed yeah. it to run yeah. without telling me these are the ways to go. Yeah. And that's, I mean... Yeah, and this is this is the reason why I was saying it's important to not gloss over that because yeah. whatever it is that we're glossing over gets yeah. repeated, you know, whatever yeah. doesn't get addressed gets repeated. Mm-hmm. And having conversations and being open to understanding, hey, I I got here from somewhere and yeah. along the way there were some pit stops. Yeah. Some of them were great, some of them were yeah. not. You know, um that is something that becomes necessary for the kind of conversations we have next for yeah. the kind of narrative we have next yeah. for the generation we are raising and how they will function in the world they show mm-hmm. up in you know and the pandemic like you mentioned was a really good opportunity for us to face ourselves because now we didn't have anywhere to go yeah. and we couldn't keep running away from everything mm-hmm. you know we we hide behind busyness yeah. and we for hide laptops exactly. and whatever yeah. and and we hide being away you know mm-hmm. now you're with your kids you be, you begin to realize you yeah. don't know them you don't yeah. know the person you married yeah. anymore because things have changed or you realize that your spouse works really hard with his kids yeah. when they ask for homework or whatever now you know what yeah. it means for these kids yeah. to do their homework yeah. and, 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 and what it takes to center them and what it means what kind of environment it is you guys actually have that you don't realize yeah. much about because you're not always yeah. there yeah. and now we had to face ourselves you know like that's that's pretty much how it was like yeah. the pandemic you know and, and and how that sort of intersects with music yeah. I mean, and I, even with you yeah I want to know how yeah. that was for you like when now you're in the thick of it yeah. what's happening I mean one of the things that i wanted to spend a lot of my time doing was you know whether it's writing songs or practicing because now we have all this time mm-hmm. we couldn't go out to play shows so yeah. we're trying to figure out how to play shows online yeah. Yeah. but i had to split uh, i say had to operatively yeah. but i had to split my time between still pursuing my creative mm-hmm. enterprise mm-hmm. but also being a family man because i mean at this point i had children also yes. and and i was i'm married still mm-hmm. and you know we're now in each other's space all yes. the time there's no i need a break i need to go breathe somewhere yeah, else let me this, go yeah let me band. go let's go rehearse yeah. nope. no no now you're you guys are in the thing yeah. and and what that did was it did rather it was it i think it forced me to 
forced in a good way to reevaluate you know mm-hmm. what is this thing that i'm doing mm-hmm. what is it really about because yeah. you can't get lost in just chasing something because it's a passion because yeah. you like it or because you've done it for a long time mm-hmm. now it needs to answer the question of what does it build to you know what is my driving why do i get up in the morning why yeah. do i play music instead yeah. of going to learn some other thing mm-hmm. you know i mean i went to school i did marketing why am i not figuring out how to pursue a career in marketing yes and not music you yeah. know or why is where am i suffering myself <laughs> when things could be easier you know and 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 what is it that i want out of life and in the next few years you know should we make it past this situation mm-hmm, what kind mm-hmm. of life do i want to look like what are the things that are going to be important for yeah, me yeah. and how do i prioritize them you know those are some of the things that throughout that especially throughout 2020 we were starting to ask ourselves these things i was starting to learn about the reality of life from that perspective mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so even after the you know the the shutdown and life started to sort of come back together it became about building a life that pre- prefers those things that became important mm-hmm. for me for me it was rest it was time to be with the people that matter mm-hmm. to invest in the things that are valuable yep. you know it wasn't just the hustle and bustle i mean okay real talk as a musician you want to find a way to make the thing work for exactly. you. you want the music to work you, you want, want to make money every weekend that you want perfect gigs. scenario yeah exactly you want an illustrious career you want it to be for something you want it to amount to something mm-hmm. you want it to have impact mm-hmm. but for that to happen there needs to be some things you put in place mm-hmm. what are those things mm-hmm. you know and for me it was i want to continue writing music that speaks to life yeah. that speaks about faith that's practical that's relatable i wanted to make music that 10 years from now i'd still be proud of mm-hmm. and that i'd be proud to even have my kids singing exactly it, yeah know? and say that's my dad yeah that's my dad's music i also wanted to make an investment i wanted to build a legacy starting now yeah. where i'm creating music that even after i'm gone the kids their kids and the kids after that mm-hmm. will be eating the fruit of the seed i planted exactly you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah so it's not just about showbiz anymore or it's not just about an a music career it's really more about a life legacy mm-hmm. and i mean the truth of the matter is that's not always what i'm thinking about because as a human being you also tend to get caught up in the rat race and yeah. the the rabbit hole of pursuing different things to make a quick buck or solve yes. a problem or deal with stuff yeah but that's the centering thought that's the thing that brings me back to hey remember this is really where you're going mm-hmm. and so you kind of need to come back you know do whatever you need to do to stay on track with this yeah. and this is really the most important thing because yeah. i also know i'm not going to be 10 years from now i'm not going to be competing with the new kids on the block mm-hmm, for, gig, mm-hmm. for gigs mm-hmm. what do i want to do i want to create mentorship spaces or mm-hmm. can i say a place where i can pass on how exactly. can i how can i use my experiences to build a, a bigger stage for someone who's coming after me because yeah. that's what it's really it's, about that's what it's really all about that's what it's yeah. really about yeah. it's not about me having a name for myself that would be fantastic and i would I definitely want to have a name for myself. Yeah. But I would rather my name be synonymous with legacy. Well, you're very selfless. Yeah. But now that we we're, we're on the music sort of path. Yeah. I mean, your album Lukundo. Yeah. I mean, hey. That's when the 16 album for me is yeah. the most consequential album that sort of for you as an artist that's just yeah. my 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 perspective right. for you I know you probably haven't worked on your best work yet because the artists we always like nope nope no nope, don't put Wait, me in that next. box. <laughs> next I'm 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 c- And the reason for that yeah. is because yeah. I mean I've been listening to that when I knew I was going to interview you. Yeah. Fast I don't like the word interview. When I knew I was going to have conversation with you, yeah. I've been I've been listening to the album over oh, and wow. over. 
my favorite that. jam has always been Aliye Wangu. Wow, with Della. With Della. <laughs> I don't know that song that doesn't have um an album and you guys need to go and check it out because right. Webby, his runs, his ad-libs, <laughs> his harmonies. I know he directs the harmonies. Yeah. But you know the the, the yeah. album is called Love. Yeah. Lukundo, Lukundo means love. It just yes. feels like love. Yeah. Nakulukunda. It just <laughs> feels like I nakukunde. I love you. It just yeah. it just sounds nice. Right. That's that's your third album. That's, yeah. Um first and foremost it's yeah. a great fit because not a lot of people Right. The people in the industry don't even have an album. Right. And not to beat them down or whatever because yeah. Everyone's circumstance is different. Yeah. But that album felt very intentional. Yeah. A lot of Swahili, um a lot of I mean message there's yeah. a song Mao you're yeah. talking about singing about your mom and I right. understand yes. that relationship. Yes. There's also a song about brotherhood right. and about men. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and you know and you say yes man how many effort but yeah. like listen let's listen yeah. to each other. I mean yeah. There's all these standards, but let's yeah. you know, brotherhood is important. Right. Yeah. There's a song about love, you yeah. know, and just how you're trying to navigate love and yeah. understand all these things. Yeah. There's a lot of intention with that album. Yes. I mean, guys, if you've never listened to Lukundo, yeah. you please go yeah. and pick up that album. Go listen to it on Spotify, yeah. Amazon, Boomplay, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Please go listen to the album and show that album love. Yeah. But also, yeah. you sing a lot in your native lingua. Yeah. So for me. The thing that I want to know: How was the creative process of that album, mm. and why would someone like me, who's an artist, feel mm. that it's that consequential? Because when people right. are writing such amazing stuff, yeah, hey, a lot of times they are going through everything. <laughs> so I don't know what was happening when you're writing that album. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. It feels to me like a 2022 album. Right, it right. It could be released anytime. Again, yeah. What is it about Lukundo that makes me love it that much? Oh man, authenticity, if I put that in one word. Mm. Um, the creative process of it was very interesting. I mean, my my background and my influences have always been R&B. Growing up, I really loved uh, Boys to Men. Mm -hmm. They're still my favorite singing group of all time. Nice. You can see the love longevity. It. Yeah. And all that. So, you know, if you're a 90s kid, you know how R&B looked like and Very sound much. like. Mm -hmm. You understand how music was like. Babyface, mm -hmm. Joe Desi, mm -hmm. you know, Jagged Edge. Brandy. Brandy. Monica. You know, oh, Mary J. Blige. Whitney, oh, God. Mariah Carey. Lord help us. You, know. <laughs> you don't know, you don't, don't know what you know? you're missing. <laughs> right? I mean, that was an era. That was the era that influenced my love for, you know, lyricism, you know, mm -hmm. composition, mm -hmm. musicality. Yeah. And, and creating music that people 30 years later are sort of rediscovering. And yeah. they're like, yo, this feels like this exactly. was made for now, you know? Yeah. And, and the creative process that sort of sparked off where Lukundo got born was, I, I, I wrote a song called Pamoja Milele. Mm -hmm. That was the first song that I wrote that ended up becoming one of the songs in the 13 track album yeah. that now became Lukundo. Yes. And at the time when I was writing that song, I was looking for a song that was different, that was more... It sounded more like home. I think yes. that's the best description. And so, and I was also looking for a record deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you were like, I'm, I was I'm, like, I need, I need, I need someone's money. They yeah. say your rent was due. The rent was due, <laughs> and I was singing for food. You know what I'm saying? The landlord was like, bro, mm. you, but you see, you seem like you don't have food. I'm gonna let you stay in the house for a bit. Right. Then mama, mama, mama kiosk is like, Ujalipia chakula. Hey, I, I, I have, I have debt, <laughs> so I'm gonna make that money. And this was seven years between. This was now seven years after the release of my second studio album mm -hmm. so it was time for me to get back into the creative process of putting out a body of work mm -hmm. and then again that's another thing about me that I've always appreciated
appreciated the value of a body of work. I mean, yes. you can have singles and Same EPs, which yeah. is dope. Yeah. But I feel like there's something about a body of work that really encapsulates life, life experiences, where you are as an artist, mm-hmm. where you, your growth, um, and, and, and the things that are important to you and exactly. how they intersect with you know the general human experience. Yes. So I wrote Pamoja Milele, and then I had this idea to go see RK. Robert Kamanzi. Yeah. Big gosh, my God, that guy is a producer and a half. I went and sat One down of the with best. Ar- yeah. yeah. I went and sat down with Ake and I said, hey, there's this song. Now, originally, Pamoja Milele was a Swahili uh, first verse and an English second verse. Mm-hmm. And so he listened to the song and he was like, yo, that's a dope song. That's a dope song. Okay, now scrap verse two. And you know, Ake, he will not yeah, remove his mince. words. He'll be like, He'll no, like, remove it. Yeah. I, I know you as an R&B singer. Yeah. I've had most of your R&B nuances yeah. but now I want you to dig deeper there's a villager inside of you that needs to come mm-hmm, out and mm-hmm. I was like that's so you know wow fast yeah. villager yeah. Why, why would I want and to and why does that out? mean anything yeah. yeah and he said you know I mean you've made music for pretty much everyone else and for yourself mm-hmm. and for the people that can appreciate your music on a on an international landscape but now but what about the people from where you come mm-hmm. from you know you know like have you ever sung a Taita song mm-hmm. so he told me Gori write this song wow Gori write this song and you can keep a lot of what is on there there but put in some tighter there yeah. so it was a challenge because i'd never written a tighter and i need and i need you to sing for us that tighter yeah. verse please uh, uh, I, think, uh. i think the verse goes kololi mlungu anirasimbia wanenekam dumchauni kunde ie 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 ngelo ihi namfunyira chapcha kwagose agawa <laughs> oh my god but webby your voice webby do you know i genuinely i genuinely really love your voice like I you know appreciate it appreciate it bro yes you told me there's a way you do your runs my guy me there's very few male musicians who i genuinely love in kenya not appreciate because you, I'm, i'm not trying to act like i'm picky yeah. i'm not aretha franklin no but, but not, you have i can throw you. names up, you know <laughs> descriptions about artists right. no you genuinely your voice yeah. is very soulful appreciate you it, sound bro. like someone who has seen it all you know because <laughs> I'm, i'm doing still... this this uh, uh, space with you yeah i'm you not are. gonna cast i know you appreciate so i'm really struggling <laughs> to yeah. say you yeah. got your together yes. <laughs> when it comes to your voice because it, you genuinely come from a place of i have suffered yeah but I'll suffer no more. Yeah. Like I, I don't have to make my suffering yeah. drag the music. Right. No, I'll make it the sweetness. Yeah. So you, you're very intentional about it. Yeah. So now you're on the journey of, you've been told, no, 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 no. Sing in your native lingua. Yeah. Do you then for a moment realize, now by the way, actually, yeah, no, Kwanza, that's, that's exactly what happened. Why haven't I, haven't I been doing this? Why? That's exactly the, mm. the, the sort of question that, that set me on the path of discovery for what does the villager in me yeah. sound like? Yeah. And what does it look like to actually represent that side of my my my, my identity, mm-hmm. right? And and of course there was there was so much richness, or can I say so much wealth yeah. to tap into. So fast forward, I write this song, I go back yeah. uh, to RK, and it's like that's it, let's that's work it. on the thing. Yeah. So we recorded Pamoja Milele, and it was going to be a single. Wow! At that point, I was—I mean, I was thinking album, but it was going to be predicated on can I get a record deal so mm-hmm. that I can get support? To yeah. Do it? Because I mean, of course, uh, an album is cost-intensive. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's a very heavy project yeah. to undertake as an, indi- an an independent artist, and I wasn't. And you and you can't be earning money on the side, to be honest. Yeah, because you, you're literally spending all your time spending money. Exactly. Not earning, exactly. Yeah. And, and because I knew I needed to be able to give it the focus it deserved and to create something that showcased growth from the last record to where I was at mm-hmm. and also be able to find the intersection bet- 
between being able to pour out everything that life had presented me through an art form through mm-hmm, the music mm-hmm. i needed to be able to give it its time yeah so i actually went to arcade one to present this song but also yeah. to ask him to sign me exactly at that time I, i don't know if he still does it now but he was running moja entertainment yeah and he had supported a bunch of artists yeah. victor movie jemima yeah. exactly he, he's his signature is on pretty much every other big hit in Kenyan true, music right true, now true. and i felt like he was the guy who would help me find a voice for this next season mm-hmm, of my life mm-hmm. and i also wanted to learn from you know what does it take to make a great hit song yeah. it's one thing to just write a song that you like yep. it's another thing to make a song that people are like i hear myself in that exactly, song yeah. and i want to be that's deep you know what i'm it's saying not easy at all yeah and it's, RK it's will hard. call you out and tell you nope yeah. like for me when it is just Jeff Kamusho with yeah. him yeah. he told me you school with BN go get BN and yeah. write this song together yeah. I mean when you hear him and what happens is when he lays down the foundation yeah. he's a very good father he walks away he lets you now with the like engineers yeah. but he's left you there knowing yeah. I've already guided you there's true north exact thank yeah. you so there's no now looking for the compass point you already know yeah. exactly what to do and he simplified the process you know also because i mean being a musician i really love the, the you know the technicalities of yeah. chord changes and yeah. this and he's like that's yeah. that's nice but true musicianship <laughs> yeah by the way <laughs> yeah one of the things he said was true musicianship is knowing when and when not to yeah he, he told know? me that he told me listen yeah <laughs> you're gonna do a high note at the end of the song yeah from verse one, I don't want to hear any of those ranks. Yeah, keep <laughs> it like, straight, keep it simple. And you're like, but it's not going to impress, guys. For him, we're like, do you want a song that makes money or the song that's impressive? You know, like... So we're going to be played on radio. I'm going to try to play on radio. I was like, guy. Yeah. Hey, okay. Hard, hard let hitting me, truths. Yeah, let me just do it. And I love that he really challenged my artistry and yeah. myself and my perspective. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he, he put me on the path of discovering a version of myself I didn't even know existed. Mm, it was just mm, latent there. Mm. And so what led into the Lukundo album was he took that song and he went and played it for Peter Ndwati yeah. then CEO of uh, Pine Creek yeah Pine Creek I think still he still owns Pine Creek now yeah. and so he, Peter listened to the song he loved the song he was like yeah you know let's consider this yeah Fast forward, you know, um, I'm sitting with Peter Andwati. We're talking about, you know, uh, working out a project and him signing me as one of the artists on Pine Creek Records. Yeah, yeah. Around the same time you were there That was well. the same time, yeah. <laughs> Around what, the same yeah, time we were there, so yeah. we were label mates. Yeah. But then now it became, all right, let's do this song. Let's do a video. Let's start to build an album that sounds a lot like this. Yeah. But it needs to stretch. There are very many different angles. There are moving parts that we can put together here mm-hmm. to make a body of work that people mm-hmm. will listen to for a long time to mm-hmm. come. So I went to work. Yeah. So now I have thankfully the blessing and the guarantee of support from yeah. a financial perspective. Yeah. I have the right producer yeah. and I have the opportunity now to create. So mm-hmm. they're doing their part. I needed to put all my I need is just yeah. just yeah. So the Lukundo album became an album that was the all-encompassing conversation of love for me at the time because I also wanted to express the different facets mm-hmm, of love mm-hmm. so like you very rightly put it there was the love the romantic aspect of yep. it there was love of self there's a song called jipende yes there was a love of money and what yeah. the love of pursuing after you know yeah, physical the song, yeah, yeah, it's yeah pesa. Pesa. you know so what that, what that looks like and i i told it through story form. Yeah, yeah you know i sang about my mom and my appreciation was an ode to her yeah. sacrifice and her strength and her consistency and who i am today as a As, as a result of all that she put in mm. the, fa- the foundation that she it's laid love. for me 
And also there was romantic love songs. I mean, yeah. I was also singing from the context of now I'm in a committed relationship and I'm with someone who inspires me and I wanted to 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 sort of um pay homage or homage depending yeah. on where you come yeah. from to that. Yeah. And I also wanted to express love in a way that is immortalized. Mm-hmm. And then I also sang, you know, stories i sang about my faith a song called babayetu i took the yeah, lord's you prayer yeah you took the lord's prayer and you sang it in a very nice melody so in fact jana before i slept i was listening to it <laughs> and i was like yeah. this should be the song we should be singing right? in schools <laughs> yeah because when i was a kid growing up you know my, my grandparents my, my granddad especially was very intentional about teaching me how to pray the lord's prayer so i actually learned how to pray the lord's prayer in kitaita mm-hmm. before i even learned it in swahili oh, wow. and english wow so i was like that was my owed to him mm-hmm. but also an expression of I have had many different versions of this song from yeah. different people and many people have been daring enough to do it even in their language yeah. but I have never had a Taita one yeah. so that was an opportunity so to it was also an open an eye opening moment for you or yes. an ear opening because you're like I'm also underrepresented as a culture. My culture is underrepresented. Exactly. We need to put ourselves. So when, when someone yeah. hears this in 30 years, they're like, what language is that? Yeah. They're like, it's Taita. Like someone random Luo in Arizona yeah. is like, this is Taita. Because yeah. it represents a culture that he has been able to interact with because of Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Was Absolutely. that whole album recording process? Because you know, a lot of times we also tend to, without even realizing, Yeah. Do you feel there's a lot of love when you're recording the album to a point where even the name just made sense apart from the content in the album yeah. but the ecosystem that allowed you to create this album yeah. was there a lot of love in that whole scenario There was um and, and and I think it's twofold there was the context of where I was at and my experiences and the things that were going on at the time but then there was also the extension of it which is mm-hmm. the other side of this the other perspective of mm-hmm. it which was looking at my external relationships I was looking at life from the perspective of other people's experiences Yeah I was looking at marriage for instance I mean I had been at a wedding at some point during one of the times as I was writing the album yeah. I'd been at a wedding where I was singing and there was a couple that had been married there for like 40 years wow and i was like man wow that's a, i mean that was way older yeah. than i was at the time like yeah. these guys have been married longer than i've been, alive. been alive yeah and, and 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 i started to ask myself what does that what does that look like what does mm-hmm. it take mm-hmm. to get to a place like that yep. and will i make it there yeah. you know yeah. and so that sort of sparked an idea for a song called to see badilike in, mm-hmm. in, in the in the record mm-hmm. which for this one i even took a very different writing approach i went to see bn yeah. uh, and so we actually wrote that song together wow. uh, with bn I, i don't know if he remembers because i was quite a while ago yeah. 2014 2015 yeah. bn and that big head he probably remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah we wrote to see badilike together yeah. and and the song really revolved around you know um what i believed sort of made for the ingredients of a successful relationship you know loving one another caring for one another preferring one another choosing one another which is really really important you know side note a lot of relationships that break apart break yeah. apart because of one thing mm-hmm. people just stop choosing each other oh wow the, yeah We wow. can always say money is a reason for divorce. No, it's not. Yeah, it's just one of the things that triggers a downward spiral exactly. to a problem that existed mm-hmm. before you had problems with money, mm-hmm. which is this. It's a catalyst. Is you, you st- have always been like yeah, this. Yeah. You because if I choose someone, if yeah. I choose my wife, yeah, then that means 
conversations about the different facets of our relationship are a priority. Mm-hmm. It means dating her is a priority. Mm-hmm. It means investing in my relationship is a priority. Mm-hmm. It means being honest and being open and being integrous yes. is a priority. Yes. And these are all the things that come together to give us our relationship a fighting chance mm-hmm. because we are imperfect. Yes, we'll do yes. we will make mistakes, but the chances that our relationship will survive are based on the foundation that we've built in mm-hmm. our relationship where we're choosing each other. Mm-hmm. So we can navigate through even if it is the onslaught of divorce or all our friends are divorced exactly. does that mean we're also going to be yeah. you know that kind of a thing so I'm not I'm, or, or, or I won't even get into a relationship because I mean look at everyone yeah. my age look yeah. at everyone is divorcing because you constantly you choose from- you choose you yeah, it's fine. I've never seen like that because I, the concept of I'm, I am, I, 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 I. Well, we are a we. It's not I, yeah. I, I, me, me. And I, it's oneness. You know, yeah. really, the truth of the matter is, if you've decided you're going to be with this person, that is of course the first choice. But many of us stop at that choice, and it becomes about us. I want to be with somebody who makes me happy. I want to be with somebody who does this. That's a very immature perspective. Mm-hmm. I've come to appreciate mm-hmm. because a relationship of that magnitude is about giving. Mm-hmm. It's mm. actually about giving. Mm-hmm. You're making the decision to be selfless, to sacrifice. And mm-hmm. for the guys, the the ante is very high. Exactly. The expectation yeah. is really, yeah. really high. Yeah. And so when we make it about ourselves, which is essentially making a choice to only prefer yourself, not the other person, mm-hmm. a bunch of things happen. Mm-hmm. And from what that couple I was referencing were talking about, those are some of the things they said. You know, we decided that we were not going to change how we see each other. Yes. And we're going to learn about each other. I'm going to be a student of my relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep on doing this thing every single day, rain or shine, which is yep. why on, on the wedding day, yes. the vows are, you know, I choose you for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, health yeah. till death do us. You're yeah. not making a commitment to a situation, you're making a commitment to a person. Mm-hmm. So that sort of became, those, those were the thoughts that were going through my head as I was writing the song to see Badilike. Yeah. And all of those songs became part of the love that we were talking about. Yeah. You asked me the question yeah. about whether there was love happening yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there was my personal experience and the things that I've gone on in my life, but then there was also the extended experience but, that but I was borrowing Do you from. see what happens when you're intentional? Yeah. You would have gone to the wedding <laughs> and you don't have cared about these old guys. I'd be like, these ones are just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to them. Yeah. But because you are intentional about yeah. being a sponge, right. you're receiving or a sieve, you're taking what's good and you're like, yeah. let me learn, let me drink from this cup. Right. And understand yeah. why, how can they last this long? Absolutely. Well, for other guys, are probably thinking, yo, me, I'm waiting for this turn up party. When are we <laughs> drinking? But you're yeah. being very intentional as you're creating. Yeah. And really to bring us back to the point of, right. You remove yourself from comfort and decide, let me be uncomfortable. Let me yeah. create an album, a body of work yeah. that not only presents me now, yeah. but me for a very long time. Yeah. And I I need also people to understand that one, it is not easy. It, no, no, no. Oh, wow. wow. It's not easy. It's it's difficult. It's, I wrote a song it's, for it's, my kids, bro. And to do that, sorry yeah. to cut you short. Yeah, it's okay. But you've reminded me that when you say it's not easy, that sometimes you actually have to be uncomfortable to find the gold. Mm-hmm. Like... To write this song, um, it was it's, it's called Mshuma mm-hmm, Candle. Mm-hmm. I was I was writing um, my thoughts sort of in a prophetic way yeah. about what I believed about my kids. At that yeah. time, I only had one child, so yeah. my second one wasn't born yet. Yeah. 
but i was saying utanga utawaka kama mshuma you know jua nakupenda yeah. ombi langu kila siku ni lafanaka yeah. i pray for your success i pray that you become a person of integrity i i desire to see you succeed in life and be the version of yourself that you are meant to be and things mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. to write that song i had to go to a, a different environment wow. like i wasn't even in my house wow. i went to a spot in lukenya out in wow. the wild well it's just me and the car and my guitar and, yeah. a, and a notepad yeah. and a bit of writer's block yeah and I knew I wanted to write something that my kids will listen to when they are 20 mm-hmm. and they'll be like I know exactly what my dad hopes for me for me for me yes and to know that it is still true today and I can and it can be like a guiding light for own me kids, yeah. exactly yeah. so I sat there for a couple of hours until I had the song I didn't leave that spot wow. until I finished that wow. song because I was also writing to the child in me yeah. this is what I wanted my dad mm-hmm. to speak to me this is what I wanted to hear growing up Gosh. so now because I didn't get it I understand I can empathize yeah. and I can understand why it's so important and so significant for me to be able to pass that forward. Yeah. It wasn't passed to me but I can create it yeah. and pass it forward. Yeah. So that intentionality you're talking about that was really the driving force mm-hmm. that made me a student of my experiences yeah. and, the, and the and the circumstances in my life and up and beyond my life let mm-hmm. me put it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And so The result of that was now this entire album. I mean there's stories to be told even about how I ended up writing with Della. Yeah. And how we wrote Gosh, you know Aliye Wangu you know <laughs> wow, that song is so beautiful yeah oh my god that song is be- you don't understand and then when you guys pull that um um uh, I forgot the name of the guy that Whitney Houston and that Michael some some guy um, could I have this love could I could I could I have this George love Michael George Michael yeah. moment yeah you guys I was like I was I was Yeah. imagining like are you guys like are you are you singing together <laughs> you singing in different studios because for me it became very oh. the image just came out I was like this yeah was real this was we were like, together the both of them yeah. you probably stopped yourself like okay now oh yeah this song will be too long now we need to stop yeah because it felt too real yeah and i and i and i feel like If, and that's why i keep saying i come back to you like very intentional yeah and also yeah something else i want you to delve in people love to use this word love <laughs> we love so that's why i'm telling you when i hear you sing About i'm love. like this is real he's yeah. not lying i can yeah. feel it i this guy was in a moment here yeah people love to misuse the word love yeah and i'd love to talk about that yeah we like you saying know, ah we be mean akupenda sana i'll make sure yeah. no bro you're like love is a sense <laughs> love is a sense want me now you want to use me now <laughs> yeah so even so even vunja yote <laughs> <laughs> So even I mean even even when I was writing the song when we were doing the song with Della we were together in the studio yeah. and 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 one of the one of the guiding things um throughout the theme of the album I think when you listen to it you hear that there's there's that authenticity there's that rawness another thing that was driving it was what is love mm-hmm. and yes we're talking about the different facets of it but what's the basis of it the yeah. basis of it was faith yeah so you've you've rightly put it when we say how we sort of We 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 uh, I think the word here is we've diluted the meaning of mm-hmm. love. Huh? We've diluted the meaning of love to make it sound more like a feeling mm-hmm. than a way of life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to talk about love in sort of like a contrary way to what we've come to believe as love because of what's also been sold to us in popular culture. Mm-hmm. Love sounds like a nice good song. It sounds like the things you've had Brian McKnight say exactly. or Boys to Men. The truth is that's just one expression of it and that's really more the 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 romantic part of it but yeah. the truth of the matter is love is a choice love is actually a doing what mm-hmm. it's a verb it's something it's that you do every single day it's not I mean, this consonant where you just add it into a conversation like real talk yeah, real yeah. talk i mean 
from a marriage perspective, because I'm married and I can tell you this, mm-hmm. right? It's not every single day that in my marriage everything is nice and dandy. There are times when we argue. There are times when we have a very strong difference of opinion yep. and we have a heated circumstance. Yeah, yeah. There are times when you look at the person you're with and you're asking yourself, why do I love this person? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's a good question a good to question, ask yeah. because you're, I mean, you're not being spiteful or hateful. Yeah. Maybe in the heat of the moment you're feeling mad at them. Yeah. But the reason that that's a good question is because it comes down to why this person? Why do I value this person? What am I putting into this relationship and mm, why am I putting mm. it into that? It's really more from what is God's idea of love? What was it meant to be? Again, because I'm a believer, these are some of the things that also really help me filter through everything that I do yeah. and why it's important. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm coming from a place where we've heard about love being going to the club, meeting someone, having fun with them, a one night stand yeah. and you can't stop thinking exactly. about them. That's an experience. That's yeah. something that happened. That's yeah. not love. Yeah. The other thing is love is also, we use the word love when what we're talking about is infatuation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be infatuated by something or exactly. someone. Yeah. But love is a very different story yeah. because it's about a series of decisions that add up. Mm-hmm. Love is about making choices and it's also about sacrifice. You know, because I love my person, I'm going to do something that demonstrates that mm-hmm. love. And where I get mm-hmm. that from really is when you look at the Bible, you know, for God so loved, loved. the world. That's a scripture we all know. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave. gave. You see, love was demonstrated. Not traded or like... No, no, no. Not yeah. negotiated. Not contract. Yeah. It was a giving. And he was giving before any of us had anything to offer in return. Mm-hmm, not that mm-hmm. we even had anything mm-hmm, to offer in return. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, when you sit with it long enough, you begin to realize, how am I realize and ask, how am I demonstrating love? What does love look like in the context of my Mm -hmm, relationship? Whether mm -hmm. you're dating, whether you're raising children, whether it's with yourself, Mm -hmm. whether it is with a marriage, in in the context of a marriage, whether it is with people you're in the office with or on a field trip with or whatever. Because we are relational beings and we're constantly interacting with people. And love wears a face in all of those situations. Mm -hmm. What does it really look like? Mm -hmm. And you see, it's it's, it's nice to have a nice pop song that, that... you know, talks about love and we feel good when we hear it. Yeah. But once the song stops, I can't take that with me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what? what mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. It was nice while it lasted, and on to the next song. Yeah. But how do I apply? How do I apply that? Maybe it's just me who overthinks. Exactly. It. Yeah. But I realized I didn't just want to be simplistic about things that have existed before me and that have a much bigger meaning mm-hmm. than what I'm whittling it down to yeah. because I'm trying to have a pop hit. Yeah, for me you know? also, I take I take that word very seriously. Yeah. It's like I have I have friends who, you know how girls call each other babe? I have friends who are girls <laughs> who they don't allow people to call them babe. Yeah. They're like, don't throw that word. That word has a lot of meaning. I mm-hmm. mean, you can you can give me a kidney. You can, <laughs> and not to mean that it has to be transactional. Of course. But like, you really don't use words because you want to get something out of someone. Right. Or you want to make them feel something. Yeah. Don't throw these consequential words because you want inconsequential things mm-hmm. just to fulfill something for yourself. Yeah. Like you're talking about one night stands. Yeah. You love sex. You love reckless, reckless behavior. Yeah. You don't love that people you sleep with. Yeah, Stop yeah. waking up and deciding yeah. you didn't call me, but I loved you. And yeah. It and also, there's also such a thing as people saying I love you when the truth is they actually loved the idea of, of you. you. Thank or they you. love the idea of what they were going to get Thank out of you. with you. Thank you. Or they then, love the idea of controlling you. Like, exactly. if I could be this person, this yeah. is what I would want from them. You feed and my probably ego. you are, thank you. <laughs> the things you tell me, you flat with me. Yeah. So it's a very, very, and it's, it's, but I also yeah. feel like when you come from a place like 
the both of us are come from it's a sort of not a broken home but from a broken background yeah, yeah. these things mean a lot they do we don't throw these words where yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you just pick up and you say no we're like yeah. no 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 we yeah. don't play those words like that so yeah. we are very intentional exactly i mean as as, as we wind up i want you to to because I was about to ask you about, um, you know, what it means to be independent vis-a-vis mm. being signed. Mm. But now that has morphed into, after all those experiences yeah. and everything you've gone through from the being signed to, you know, fighting for yourself, having right. three albums. Right. All the lessons you've learned, being a dad, right. being a teacher. And when you look forward mm-hmm. into the future and, and, and how you're molding it for yourself. Yeah. How does that look like for you? Oh, what do you want us or how do you want us to see the world? How do you want us to be in the mm. world that you sort of are creating for yourself? You know, okay. in terms of like, you know, for me, I think of, you know, I, I just want nicer, kinder people. <laughs> I really wish people were just nicer to each other yeah, or kinder. Yeah. We would, and here it goes all the way to like policymakers, right. to government people. If you're yeah. a bit kinder, we don't have a scenario where somebody who's a senator now mm-hmm. was paid two billion mm-hmm. for a plot of land to yeah. to have a dam yeah. that till today is a shrub. <laughs> you know, if you if you had love, absolutely, imagine that money. See, you are paid. Yeah, you'd have given that land. Yeah, you'd have built the dam. Yeah, people in northeastern Kenya would not have been dying. Yeah, so that's the wilder envision where exactly. we are a bit kinder, yeah. nicer, empathetic. Yeah. yeah. I, I connect with all of that and and that's a very that's a very big question with a lot of moving parts but it all has one answer I truly believe that a good portion of the world's problems the answer to it or the solution to those is love mm. in the in the in the in the professional space love looks like ethics mm-hmm. you know being mm-hmm. ethical in our decisions being mm-hmm. ethical in our business practices being mm-hmm. ethical in how we treat our employees or our co-workers and yeah. so on and so yeah. forth being ethical in government in yeah. leadership yeah. being ethical in the policies that we set in the laws that we're making to govern our land mm-hmm. in how we collect and manage taxes Mm -hmm. being ethical in how we represent the people that have given us the opportunity to be their voice in parliament and so on and so forth you know in in, in social circles it's being mindful I love what you said about how if we could be kinder to one another things would be significantly better that's absolutely true true. And, and I think it all because of my belief I think it all goes back down to God's idea Mm -hmm. for, for for how our human existence was meant to be because the second most uh, significant, the second most powerful and most important commandment is love your neighbor as you love yourself. If I love you, I'm not going to go out of my way to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And if I can help you, I'll go out of my way to do so. If I can do something that gives you a leg up, an Mm -hmm. advantage, Mm -hmm. a fighting chance, Mm -hmm. an opportunity to win, Mm -hmm. then my life is supposed to be about making that happen Happen. for you. Because again, there's also another scripture that says give and it shall come back to you. Good good measure, pressed pressed down, down. shaken together, running over, shall men Mm -hmm. give into your bosom. So whatever it is you're giving away, it'll come back, but it'll come back much more. And also remember it's good and bad absolutely so whatever bad so- energy bad vibes you will get it right back precisely like, you will get it so imagine a world where we all made the decision to say i'm going to sow one good thing into life today mm-hmm. whether that's an encouraging word whether that's kindness whether that's doing something without expecting a payment or some sort of reciprocity yeah. you know compensatory in that, in that way yeah. whether it's going out of your way to do something for someone that will increase 
their chances of having a better day yeah. than they would have if you didn't do what you did because you were in a position where you could, you exactly, could do that. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of world I envision and I mm. believe it is possible despite how broken things are right now. Mm -hmm. And that also sort of impacts how I'm raising my kids because I'm teaching them to be those people. Mm. Regardless of whether the people they are with are not like that, they are going to be like that because yeah. one is and the right. And they will end up meeting people who yeah. are like that because yeah. they are moving intentionally. Yeah, and you can't fight evil with evil. Mm. Good trumps evil any single any day. Single day. And that's what you want for the for the world of tomorrow, which, by the way, is already starting to show up yeah. today. Yeah. And how that intersects with my music is I really want to be able to keep making music that promotes those values mm -hmm. because I really believe that those values, number one, are ageless. They are timeless, if, if I can say that. We're never going to overemphasize or run out of the importance of being able to talk about a world where there's love, there's cohesiveness, mm -hmm. there's understanding, mm -hmm. there's kindness, there's faith, mm -hmm. there's giving, there's receiving, but there's also making sure you're not receiving to hoard, you're receiving to pass for. Mm. You know, I want to make music that will be, you know, like when you think about Bob Marley's music, when you think about yeah. even Michael Jackson's yeah. music, some of the yeah. greats of the of, of, of the old times, yeah. and they're not even that old, many yeah. the music is not that old really. Yeah. When you think about some of the things they believed in, they believed in social justice, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. Bob Marley believed in a fair in a fair society. Yep. You know, he was like he was like a philosopher exactly, in that way. Yeah. And he challenged he channeled his philosophy in his music. True. And there's so many others like that. True. And today we listen to that music. I mean, he passed on 40 years ago almost. Yeah. But a lot of the things, the ideals and the ideologies that he was speaking about in his music and the mu and, and the stories he was telling, they are there today. Timeless. Exactly. The, the context of that is still there today. Mm -hmm. We can still see the connection between what he was saying and our, our everyday experience. Yeah. I want to make music that speaks into life but gives practical wisdom or gives a practical account of, hey, for example, my new song, A Long Way, which is yeah. one I released a couple of yes. months ago. Yes. It's a reflective song that talks about journeys. That, uh, really, everyone else's journey, but I was writing it from my perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at when I started the music, my, my journey as a musician yeah. 20 years ago, and I'm yeah. thinking, my goodness, there's yeah. so much that's happened. Yeah. What have I learned over the years about myself? What have mm -hmm. I learned about the world? Of course, mm -hmm. the song is 3 minutes, 30 seconds, and exactly. I can't compress everything I've learned that's, in that's 20 years. That's the gift given by God. Absolutely. That you can put your 20 years in yeah. 3 minutes, yeah. and it will help somebody else deal with that 20 years exactly to come. and 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 that's the song was really more like i think of it more as a conversation starter mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. self with others mm -hmm. where people can begin to think really what what has the last 20 years of my life been like exactly and somebody 20 years from now will still be looking back yeah. and thinking yo you know what did i learn who have i become what yeah. did i pass forward what did yeah. I, what mistakes did i make yeah and what did what came out of that yeah and so being independent versus being signed as long it, it really doesn't matter to be honest as long as i'm able to stay true to that because that is at the core of who i am as a person and yeah. therefore as an artist yeah but of course my preference now is being an independent artist and i am investing heavily in being able to be a producer mm -hmm. so i'm actually learning to produce music mm -hmm. i am um, I'm, I'm sort of creating room for myself to have expression that is not limited by when I'm able to go to a studio. I'm, yes. I'm building a yes. studio at home. Yes. So that's where I record my music. That's now where I'm beginning to produce uh, songs. I'm working on some new music right now. So that's going to come out possibly over the next few months before the yeah. end of 2020. Yeah, I hope another album is on the way. Uh, definitely in the works. Yeah, yeah. Um, so not a long way down, a short way down. <laughs> yeah. See what I did there? You know, yeah. It's also <laughs> where I produce my podcast. Interestingly, your podcast and mine have a very similar name. Yeah, Yours because is, uh, often unlock your soul. 
unlock your soul. Mine is called soul fire inspiration. Yeah, I need it. Because I know you've always mentioned the word soul in you. Even even your email. Exactly. Soul fire inspiration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's a very long-winded answer just to say that because that's what I believe about the world and the environment that I hope to see one day, even if if I don't live to see it, I want to have been part of whatever sets that in motion so that the generation after me and their generations after them Mm -hmm. experience Mm -hmm. it. So legacy. Wow. Wow. I'm just about 40 now. Yeah. So I'm thinking legacy now when I should have been but thinking about you, it. you're like 40 with like 60 years of experience. <laughs> My God, this guy has suffered. It's, and in a good way, I, I have mean learned, like I've experienced life. Yeah. If, yeah. If, guys, if you're in the diaspora, when we say suffer, we don't mean like living in the streets. Yeah. And, and I'm not taking Walking away from those rats. people's uh, yeah. um, experiences. But in suffering means I have seen everything. Yeah. You cannot lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've experienced enough what, to give 40 me some years old in Africa are like 80. That's true. We have seen everything. Especially our generation, I right? I know everything. Millennials, <laughs> we have seen everything. Yeah. You are such so a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Thank you, bro. It is so lovely talking to you. Yeah. I mean, I could literally listen to you speak every single day and please make sure you also go and catch yeah. his uh, his podcast, podcast yeah. which is soul and fire soul fire inspiration soul fire soul inspiration, inspiration. Hey, yeah. it's sophie soul fire yeah soul fire so that, that's really beautiful yeah and i'm and i'm glad that you know i get to share this space with you but Absolutely. also i get to learn from you yeah but also i get to understand you more because i yeah. feel these questions i always always wanted to ask you yeah but i didn't yeah because i didn't want to seem intrusive you know you just oh we're wake friends up and, bro we no i know but you know you wake up and show someone <laughs> by the way no it's it yeah. just feels like I was gossiping yeah. you yeah. and now let me give the people the story <laughs> guys this is what he told me yeah. so I, I feel very yeah. inspired yeah, thank and you. you're very insightful thank and you. I do pray that you will continue to share this insight with people yeah. Yeah. and that you know and may you never lack I appreciate you that genuinely bro. you are a well of a lot of wisdom I so thank you so that, much man. Mr. Soul Fire <laughs> Mr. Unlock Your Soul you appreciate see you. that 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 <laughs> kilo. but in our culture yeah. you know we're African we're absolutely. it means it really came from a deep place. It was heartfelt. Yeah. It, it was genuine. It comes with interest and investment. Genuine. So it, trust me, <laughs> make sure you go catch a yeah. webby's a new drum called yeah. A Long Way. Yeah. But also, please take it away back. Take it, go a little bit back and yeah. get to listen to some of his albums. But yeah. my favorite is Lukundo, which means love. Yeah. Please listen to every track from the beginning to the end. Yeah. I promise you, you'll not only fall in love with Webby, I, but you will fall in love with his music, which is so intentional. Thank you so much. I appreciate and you. And my, my love to your wife and the kids. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what's up. Thank you, my man. Bye. I do hope that conversation allows you to delve deeper into the fact that you can be able to achieve anything that you put your mind, heart and soul into. And if you're a parent or planning to be a parent, I truly hope that you will be a beacon of light to your young ones. Mm, definitely an amazing conversation with Webby as we continue to scratch beneath the surface to find out what really makes us human. We get into an interesting conversation next week with somebody who's also quite close to their mom and incidentally they also are in the same industry i'm talking about the very bubbly makena kahuha that's coming up next week so yeah 
as we get ready for the snippet, remember to follow us on Instagram at Unlock Your Soul Pod. Uh, subscribe, like, share, comment on our YouTube at Unlock Your Soul Podcast and go to TikTok at Unlock Your Soul Podcast. And yeah, here is a snippet with Makena Kahuha. But also during my teenagehood and when I was just finishing school, yeah. I, I, I can be a bit rebellious. Yeah, so, you were like, now is my time. So my mom had to make it clear that she's the adult. I have to... Toe the line. I have to like, before I can give you your freedom, Yeah, you have to earn it. Mm. And my mom used to say, trust is earned. Mm-hmm. Trust is earned. So... If you want me to trust you, you give me a reason. Yeah. Show me you can take yeah. care of yourself. And my mom tested me throughout my high school. I'd be like, okay. I never lied to my mom. I'm like, by the mom, I'm going for this event. Where is it? Winning post. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's the name of the event? Mm-hmm. Uh, Battle of the Bands or whatever it was. Yeah. So be like, who'll be there? I'll be with my high school friends. She'd be like, Sawa, give me their numbers. I'm not going to call them. But if you don't pick. Yeah, I'm going to call them. I'm going to call them. Yeah. She'd be like, you'll be here at what time? I'll be here at six. Yeah. Like you're leaving the house at I'm leaving at eleven. Okay. Do you think you're going to drink alcohol? No. no. Like what are you going to drink? Monster. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Aki. And by the way, I would be late sometimes and be like, by the way, mom, I'm running late. I think I'll be there at seven.